Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to Snug Wrestling. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. That's right. You are tuned into Snug Wrestling, where it's wrestling all day, every day. And now here is your host, Edgar Avila. Well, 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 wow, wow, wow. AEW Full Gear, man. What a uh, eventful pay-per-view, to say the least. We got two new champions that were crowned on AEW, a new TBS champion, a new AEW Women's Champion. The main event was changed all of a sudden from MJF versus Jay White to Adam Cole versus Jay White. One of the bloodiest matches I have ever seen also took place at Full Gear, and it wasn't a John Moxley match, surprisingly. And we also learned a lot of what's next for AEW. A lot of the questions that the wrestling fans had were answered, all of them except for one, which is probably the most important one that... A lot of people were wondering about and a lot of people were expecting to get some answers about this and that was about the devil the guy in the mask did not appear at full gear like we all were hoping for but everything else we did get some closure on was Samojo going to tag with MJF who's the new big AEW signee but nothing about the devil. So we're going to be going over all of this here on this episode of Snug Wrestling Podcast. What's up, folks? What is going on? Welcome back again to Snug Wrestling with me, your host. My name is Edgar. We're going to be going over the pre-show, the main show, the press scrum, and everything that you need to know and everything that you miss. We're going to go over all of it here. But first, please be sure to hit me up at Snug Wrestling on all my social media accounts. We got a lot of new information about the continental tournament that's going to be taking place starting next wednesday on dynamite tony khan during the media scrum talked about the tournament and confirmed that the continental classic is going to crown a new triple champion eddie kingston is willing to put up both of his belts on the line for the continental classic the ring of honor world championship the new japan strong open weight championship and it sounded like they're going to create a new title for this tournament like the owen hart cup championship tournament the winner got a trophy and also some sort of championship belt and it sounds like they're gonna do the same thing for this continental classic tournament so more championships are being created for aew and whatever wrestler wins this tournament is gonna be a champion in three different promotions the last person that held this many belts was kenny omega when he was the champion in TNA, in AEW, in Japan, and also in Mexico. So whoever wins this tournament is going to have a very, very busy schedule defending the titles on all three companies. And I think that uh, MJF should enter himself in this tournament and become the first wrestler to hold five different championships. No, no, I'm just kidding. But AEW is going to be adding a new continental champion to their many belts that they already have also during this media scrum mjf was interviewed a very emotional mjf after his big main event match was asked about samoa joe since samoa joe teamed up with mjf on the pre-show to help him defend the ring of honor tag team champions is he looking forward to facing mjf where mjf responded like hey i 
didn't sign any agreement with Samoa Joe. I technically don't have to fight Samoa Joe if I don't want to. But Tony Khan responded with, but you made a verbal agreement. MJF just brushed it off and there's nothing official yet between Samoa Joe and MJF. The new signee for AEW, Will Ospreay, was also in this media scrum and was asked about what made him sign this contract with AEW, which Will Ospreay responded that this was the best decision for him and his family. It didn't interfere with his family's life, the kids' school. None of that was being interrupted, which makes a lot of sense because if the rumors that WWE was after Ospreay were true, and if Ospreay signed with the WWE, he would most likely be forced to move to either Florida, where the Performance Center is, or somewhere in the United States. Will Ospreay was also asked about some of the talent that he's looking forward to face in AEW, which he responded with, of course, MJF. Will Ospreay, he's looking to be the top guy in AEW. He wants to be the best, so if you want to be the best, you have to go after the champ. He also mentioned Miro and Andrade, and also mentioned the fact that Ospreay has never done weekly TV. So this is all going to be something new for Will Ospreay. The new TBS champion, Julia Hart, was also interviewed in the media scrum and during this media scrum it was confirmed that julia hart is the youngest aew champion ever only at 22 years old in a very very short time during a very short career picked up gold julia hart is one of the originals from aew since they first started and julia hart has come a long way in a very short time so congratulations to the newest youngest champion julia hart so a lot of interesting stuff was covered during this two hour long media scrum if you did not check it out yet i recommend doing so chris jericho was also another one that was part of this media scrum the international champion orange cassidy the tag team champions big bill and ricky starks but enough about the media scrum let's get into the pre-show for aew full gear we had three really good matches that took place on this pre-show some of these pre-show matches were a lot better than some of the matches on the main show actually so let's get into that really quick let's go Jay Lethal versus Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston was putting up his Ring of Honor championship title because he had to. Eddie Kingston lost that Memphis Street fight versus Jeff Jarrett a few weeks back. So thanks to Jeff Jarrett and thanks to their entire faction, Jay Lethal was awarded this Ring of Honor championship match on the pre-show. During this match, the rest of Jay Lethal's goons were getting involved like always. Jay Lethal tried to go for Jeff Jarrett's guitar, but Ortiz showed up to assist Eddie Eddie Kingston and hits Sanjay Dutt over the head with the guitar. Thanks to Ortiz for coming out and evening out the odds a little bit. Eddie Kingston was willing to retain versus Jay Lethal and Eddie Kingston and Ortiz aligned themselves once again and this was a great opening match between Kingston and Jay Lethal for the pre-show. The second match of the pre-show was Claudio versus Buddy Matthews. Finally Buddy Matthews going up against a real competitor like Claudio and not someone like Wheeler Yuta. This match was also great and a lot more believable than that silly match between Yuta and Buddy that took place the night before at Collision. If you guys can't tell already, I was really upset about that whole situation because really, Wheeler Yuta versus Buddy Matthews, come on, what are we doing? Claudio hit Buddy with a running uppercut and Buddy sold it like a million dollars. Cesaro, I'm sorry, Claudio, I, I'm still not used to that. I can't call Claudio 
Claudio without botching that. Kind of like Adam Copeland. I, I still call him Edge. It's kind of hard to uh, get that right sometimes. But Claudio defeated Buddy by submission. Buddy Matthews turned down Claudio's sign of respect after the match. But A, it doesn't really matter to Claudio because he won. He doesn't really seem to give much of a damn. The final opening match was for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. The Guns versus MJF and Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe music hits. And was this already a established and i missed it is mjf going to make an announcement is he going to accept samoa joe's offer or not i think this was done on rampage and i missed it because everyone seemed like they already knew that samoa joe was going to team up with mjf mjf comes out and his gear is uh, a tribute to the la lakers mjf i love you but you are wearing the completely wrong colors over here in snug wrestling we represent the sacramento kings all day every day and the LA crowd is pumped to see their scumbag. Samoa Joe was being a good partner throughout this match, saved MJF a few times. Samoa Joe tagged himself in and does a big, meaty, beefy suicide dive. And Samoa Joe was just out there having way too much fun. I can't get over how good the guns have been lately as a tag team. These guys did some really great work during this match. Samoa Joe tagged himself in again a second time and put a stop to MJF super duper famous kangaroo kick and adam cole showed up at the kia forum and gets a huge pop no one was expecting to see adam cole anytime soon not even the guns because the guns got completely distracted samoa joe takes advantage chokes out one of the guns and mjf retains the ring of honor tag team championships and kept the promise that he made to his buddy old pal adam cole mjf thanks samoa joe after the match with the handshake and the gun Guns attack MJF after the match. They take out MJF with a steel chair, injuring his knee, his ankle. MJF took two chair shots and was stretchered out and was sent to the medical facility. It was important to mention that it was only two chair shots that did the trick for MJF to get sent out at the beginning of the show on the pre-show match because that is going to go into play later on during the main show. So some pretty interesting stuff happened on this pre-show with the return of Ortiz and helping out Eddie Kingston, Adam Cole showing up out of nowhere, and the guns taking out MJF. We're on our way to the main show for Full Gear, so let's get into that now. The main show for Full Gear, November 18th, Los Angeles, California, Kia Forum, Arena. Let's go. Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne versus Darby Allen, Sting, and Adam Copeland, accompanied by the nature boy, Ric Flair. Daddy Christian's entrance song was performed by a group of kids, and how fitting is that because we are all Christian's kids. Sting, Darby, and Copeland come out to Adam Copeland's music, and they're all wearing the war paint and the matching outfits, and they look like a real badass trios team. There's a few celebrities that were also in attendance. We saw Steve-O. I'm pretty sure I saw Rick Rubin out there and the Green Arrow, Stephen O'Mell. I also want to say that at one point I saw Mr. Chow 
from The Hangover, Ken Jeong. But I could be wrong. I don't know. Someone can probably confirm that at Snug Wrestling. Nick and Darby start off the match, but Nick Wayne gets a few words of encouragement by his daddy Christian before they go at it. Christian and Copeland, they get tagged in in the ring. And for the very first time in AEW, we get to see these two go at it. But before Adam Copeland can get his hands on Christian, Christian tags in the dinosaur and says, nope, I want nothing to do with Adam Copeland. Luchasaurus then does a big nasty choke slam on Darby Allen from the ring outside on the apron and Darby Allen took a big nasty bump. And Nick Wayne got no chill. That kid is so disrespectful. He does the Ric Flair strut and gives Ric Flair the middle finger and says, here you go old man. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Out of Christian and Adam Copeland, Christian was the first one to lay hands on Adam Copeland because he snuck under the ring and appeared behind Adam Copeland and attacked Adam Copeland from behind. And Adam Copeland just couldn't get his hands on Christian no matter what he did, no matter how hard he tried. Christian was always able to sneak away. Darby Allen was taking some insane bumps during this match. What else is new? It's Darby Allen. I mean, this guy is crazy enough to climb Mount Everest. This guy just does not care about life. Ric Flair attacked Christian and Christian counters and hits Ric Flair with the low blow. Once Adam Copeland realizes what Christian Cage has done to Ric Flair, Copeland goes after Christian Cage again, and Christian Cage just books it. He said, fuck this, I'm out of here, leaving both of his partners in the ring and Sting, Darby, and Adam Copeland pick up the win. After the match, Darby Allen grabs a mic and asks the crowd for a standing ovation for Sting because this is the last time Sting will ever wrestle in LA. And man, reality hit, I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of sad after I heard that. But good for Sting. Happy retirement, you deserve it. Up next, Tony Schiavone was gonna give everyone an update on MJF and was about to announce that MJF is injured and is not going to be able to defend the world title and by default was going to grant Jay White the championship and name Jay White the new AEW world champion. But before Tony Schiavone can make that announcement, Adam Cole interrupts Schiavone's announcement and says that he will defend the title for MJF if MJF can't do it himself. Tony Schiavone seemed really upset about this whole situation, but last time I checked, Tony Schiavone hated MJF. I mean, he would say all kinds of nasty things about MJF during his matches wish the worst of the worst to MJF and now some bad things are happening to MJF everything Tony Schiavone ever wished on MJF is happening but Tony Schiavone seemed really sad that MJF was not going to compete and was going to name Jay White the new champion but Adam Cole rather fight for MJF in his current state than to let Jay White become the champion by default so the main event is going to be changed from MJF versus Jay White to Adam Cole versus Jay White. The next match, Orange Cassidy versus John Moxley for the International Championship. Mox started bleeding shortly after the match started because, of course, it's John Moxley and he has to bleed. 
if John Moxley does not bleed in a wrestling match, then the world is probably going to end. John Moxley didn't sell a damn thing in this match. Every time Orange Cassidy got some type of offense, John Moxley would just get back up and Hulk up every single time. John Moxley finally went down after running into an exposed turnbuckle twice and took six orange punches and a beach break for Orange Cassidy to defeat John Moxley and retain the international championship. For the AEW Women's Championship, Tony Storm versus Hikaru Shida. Hikaru Shida was about to use the kendo stick on Tony Storm but gets stopped by Luther and Luther takes the kendo stick shots in the back instead. Tony Storm put something in her butt, something metal. It looked like some type of metal plate and beats Sheeta with a hip attack and we get a new women's champion and the people were so mad about this. They're so mad because they love their Hikaru Shida, which I do not understand what the hype is about Hikaru Shida. From where I'm standing to me in my eyes, Hikaru Shida is a terrible, terrible wrestler. And I'm going to say it again, her punches look like shit. Hikaru Shida can't even throw a punch and the fans absolutely love this girl. Now, Hikaru Shida is not the worst wrestler in the AEW women's division, but she is not a Tony Storm. She is not the best. Tony Storm has a great gimmick. She's a way much better worker. So in my opinion, the right person won. We get some more prestige added to this AEW women's division and the women's title. So good for Tony Storm, good for AEW, and good for the women's division. Tony Storm is the new AEW women's champion. Eddie Kingston has an interview. What's next for Eddie Kingston? And Eddie Kingston says, well, it's the Continental Classic Tournament, and let's up the game and make this tournament more prestigious. Eddie Kingston is going to be putting up his life's work on the line, and let's show the people what AEW is all about, which is creating more and more tournaments and more title belts, apparently. The four-way tag team ladder match for the AEW World Championships. As soon as this match started, we were seeing some crazy shit going down and i'm pretty sure we weren't expecting anything less big bill and brody king they go at it the two biggest guys out of all eight competitors which got beef chance in the la crowd malachi black slingshot the ladder from the ropes into cash wheeler which got holy shit chance that was a very very unexpected and impressive image to see the way that malachi black made that ladder bounce off the ropes and into cash wheeler that definitely deserved a YouTube lookup. If you didn't see it, definitely go check that one out. Cash Wheeler returns the favor to Malachi Black and gives him a super crazy pile driver on top of a ladder. And we got another big, beefy, meaty suicide dive from the big, badass Brody King. Brody King took notes from watching Samoa Joe dive during the pre-show. And the crazy bumps do not stop there because Brody King gave Tralistico a sickening pile driver on a ladder. And then Shortly after that, Cash Wheeler went to the top rope and did a splash on Brody King on the same ladder that Tralisico ate from that pile driver. After all this craziness, after all this madness, the right guys won because Ricky Starks and Big Bill retain. And so far, I am two out of three in my predictions. And speaking of being right in my predictions, and speaking of the AEW Women's Championships, Chris Statlander versus Julia Hart versus Sky Blue. Chris Stantlander 
Statlander, she came out looking like Ben Stiller from the Dodgeball movie. Excalibur thought it was important to point out that Sky Blue is no longer wearing the backwards baseball cap. Newsflash, Excalibur, no one cares. Sky Blue and Julia Hart were working together versus Chris Statlander, and maybe that possibility still exists of what Julia calls Sky Blue accepting and embracing Julia Hart's gift. But for now, Julia Hart and Sky Blue will beat the crap out of each other instead. Chris Statlander really showing off her strength here during this match. A very, very impressive Chris Statlander. She was looking really good during this three-way. Sky Blue hits her finisher and almost had it. I thought it was going to be it for a second. I would not be surprised if they were dumb enough to put the TBS title on Sky Blue. But Chris Statlander hits her finisher on Sky Blue. Julia Hart takes out Chris Statlander and Julia Hart picks up the scraps, picks up the win, and is the new youngest TBS AEW champion. So again, I was right about this prediction as well. Julia Hart is on the up and up. She has been doing really good with the House of Black over on Collision. And I think this championship is rightfully deserved by Julia Hart. Tony Schiavone is in the ring once again to announce the new AEW signee, Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay is all elite. And this wasn't much of a surprise. The only surprise is that Will Ospreay didn't sign sooner. I think eventually it was going to happen. And I'm pretty sure everyone was expecting Will Ospreay to sign at one point. I mean, we've seen Will Ospreay in AEW multiple times before. I was actually wondering why isn't Will Ospreay on AEW Dynamite or on AEW TV regularly. But it was because of his contracts with New Japan and his responsibilities over in Japan. But that is coming up in February. Will Ospreay's New Japan contract is expiring and is now going to be signing with AEW. There was a lot of talk that WWE was going after Will Ospreay and the fact that he chose AEW made the fans a lot more excited because Will Ospreay is not going to be joining the big bad evil corporation that is WWE. Instead, he is all elite. The Texas Deathmatch between Hangman and Swerve. This is going to be talked about for a really, really long time for all of the crazy shit that these guys did to each other and all the crazy shit that was shown during this match. I mean, I can honestly say that I saw a lot of things on this match that I have never seen before. Now, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'll let you decide. One of the things that I have never seen before is Hangman Adam Page literally was drinking Swerve's blood. Now, I've seen this done where the guy rubs his hand on his opponent's wound and licks his hand. I've seen people rub their opponent's blood across their chest, but I've never seen what Hangman did, and it was so disgusting. And I know what Hangman was going for here. He was trying to show that he's crazy, that he's over the edge, but it just made Hangman look even more stupider than anything. The only thing that I can think about while I was watching this was, hello, hepatitis B, hepatitis C, HIV, what the hell? Hangman lifted up Swerve's head, put his mouth under his forehead, and was letting the blood that was dripping from Swerve's head into his mouth. Hangman Adam Page probably had a glass full of blood in his mouth by Swerve Strickland. What? 
the fuck? But this match was everything that we expected, especially because Swerve did an interview with Fightful before the pay-per-view where he pretty much told everyone that this was going to be a bloodbath. I didn't think it was going to be this much of a bloodbath because there was a lot of fucking blood in this match. There was a lot of things that had already happened on this show, Full Gear, that kind of took me out of this Texas death match. For example, we already saw blood before on this show from John Moxley and Brody King, which made the blood on this match not that special anymore. The amount of blood was a big difference compared to Moxley and Brody King, but juice is juice, man. If you're gonna have a Texas death match, and if you were going to have this much blood, it would have been a lot better if Moxley and Brody King resisted and did not juice during their matches. Another thing, MJF sold two chair shots and went to the hospital since the beginning of the show. So your world champion, MJF, who's supposed to be the top guy, got stretchered out after taking two chair shots. But Swerve and Hangman Adam Page are hitting each other with barbed wire steel chairs, staple guns, bricks and all kinds of shit and everything and anything under the sun but your world champion he's in the hospital after two chair shots there's no middle ground here there's like no understanding in this company of what the boundaries are a lot of this just on this show just doesn't make a lot of sense swerve took out a gimmick cylinder block and the reason i say that it was gimmick because the camera zoomed in on the cylinder block and you can clearly see the cracks on the block that later on the block just exploded swerve gave hangman a pile driver on the barricade and that busted hangman wide open but at least the right guy won in this match swerve after a crazy crazy convoluted match picked up the win versus hangman adam page and i can add another correct prediction on my scoreboard the bucks versus kenny omega and chris jericho kenny and the bucks sharing a lot of signs of respect at the start of the match and this match starts off as a friendly competition. Jericho gets tagged in and gets his opponent in the corner and he's laying in the chops the stomps, the punches, and Kenny Omega tags himself in to stop Chris Jericho from attacking his opponent and to protect his opponent. What the hell, Kenny? Did you forget how wrestling works? Chris Jericho got his arm stuck on the steel steps, and the Bucks used the steel steps to attack Chris Jericho, which caused Chris Jericho to get some juice. So this is like the fourth match on this show with juice, but I'm pretty sure Chris Jericho bladed his own arm. Kenny Omega and the Bucks did all of their cool little video game moves and Kenny Omega can be really goofy because you can hear him narrate during this match. Kenny Omega picked up one of the Bucks and while he had him on his shoulder he says you cannot escape which is the same voice a 10 year old kid would use playing with his action figures and I just thought it was it was so ridiculous it was so hilarious the Bucks then hit Kenny Omega and Jericho with two low blows to show the people how bad and nasty the Bucks can get Kenny Omega hesitates and looks like he's about to turn on Chris Jericho but it was all a swerve bro Kenny Omega is not going to turn on Chris Jericho because Kenny Omega is a super lovable baby face. Kenny Omega hits his finisher and gets the pin for the golden 
Jets and become the new number one contenders for the AEW Tag Team Belts. And they can challenge for the belts whenever they want, wherever they want. And the Bucks threw another little temper tantrum a la Christian 2002. And I didn't think there was anything worse than the Young Bucks fighting for the AEW World Tag Team titles, but... I guess I was wrong. And the main event, Adam Cole versus Jay White. Adam Cole was not cleared to compete and defend the Ring of Honor tag team titles, but he gets cleared to compete to face Jay White and defend the AEW World Heavyweight Championship for MJF. Hey, Tony, can I wrestle for the Ring of Honor tag team titles to help MJF? Uh, no... I don't think that that's a good idea. Adam, you're injured. You have to recover. Okay, Tony, how about can I wrestle for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship since MJF can't? Uh, yeah, sure, Adam. That's a great idea. Um, I'm very excited to see you do that. Before the bell rings, you can hear sirens. MJF comes back in time for the match, riding in style in an ambulance, and he is still selling the leg. Imagine that. MJF is making his way down to the ring, and 20 security guards and referees try to stop MJF. And funny enough, a great observation by Dr. Britt Breaker on X, who says 20 people tried to stop MJF from competing but no one in the back tries to stop the poor guy in crutches from competing and she's right you know it's bad when the own AEW talent are calling out these little things on their own show and now we get the original scheduled match between MJF and Jay White for the AEW World Championship in the main event the guns they get caught getting involved in the match and they get ejected and that still gets a big pop every single time the referee kick someone out of ringside the crowd still really loves that mjf battling and all still manages to hit his famous kangaroo kick and man a kangaroo kick in professional wrestling i never thought i'd see the day and that still makes me laugh mjf tried to use the announce table for a spot and the table just collapsed as soon as he threw jay white on top that announce table went through a lot during this full gear show but mjf still said fuck it and still went for the big elbow drop that he was planning for anyway improv baby but again still going back to what i was talking about earlier of these other matches doing all these things that affect the match going up after them if you have this big table spot planned in your main event where mjf is supposed to go and hit his big elbow drop on jay white stay away from the announce table that spot would have been great for the main event and it was just fucking ruined and mjf did his best to make up for that he still went for the elbow but the announce table wasn't there and that's what adds more of a shock value to that to that spot the referee was counting out mjf and jay white after the big elbow drop and mjf tried to break the count by throwing the challenger in the ring and mjf must have forgotten that he can still keep the title if he wins by count out mjf hits jay white with the pile driver and the way that jay white landed was ugly his neck bended inward during this move and taz even said that's the exact same way that taz broke his neck during one of those spots luckily for jay white it looks like he was okay but that was another close call the crazy bumps don't stop there either because mjf does a running cutter from inside of the ring to the outside over the top rope holy shit mjf was pulling all kinds of shit that we never really see mjf do a whole lot adam 
Adam Cole is still trying to motivate his buddy MJF throughout this match. What a pal. Everyone, get yourself a friend that loves you as much as Adam Cole loves MJF. Jay White locks in the figure four, and Adam Cole was getting ready to throw in the towel to save MJF, but MJF counters, and Jay White reaches for the ropes. Jay White hits MJF with the belt behind the referee's back and gets a two count. MJF kicked out, and everyone thought we were going to have a new champion, but nope. The ref ends up taking a bump. Adam Cole sets the diamond ring on the apron for MJF to use, but Jay White gets to it first, and here comes the guns. MJF counters, uses the ring on Jay White, and retains the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. But no devil. The devil does not show up. The devil does not appear. The mass goons are nowhere to be found. And a lot of people believe that we did not get any answers because the devil himself was standing at ringside Adam Cole. How can the devil show up if Adam Cole was ringside? That's why he didn't show up. He being the devil. However, even though that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense, I still believe that it's Roderick Strong, the one who's behind that mask. And the reason he wasn't at full gear was because the night before during Rampage, he had a ugly spot during his match versus Action Andretti where they try to do the standing Spanish fly, which is a very, very stupid move to do to begin with. But Roderick Strong landed very, very awkwardly on his neck. And I think that that's the reason the devil did not show up at full gear. Roderick Strong probably is still recovering from that ugly bump. Either way, this was still a great main event. What a ride. Everything from the beginning with the injury caused by the guns on MJF. It made you believe that MJF was actually going to lose. And when MJF won, it was unexpected and it was a great finish and the crowd went home happy and the right guy won. There was a lot of mixed feelings about this AEW full gear including me me too there's a lot of things that I really enjoyed about it but there's a lot of things that I can nitpick about that didn't really make a whole lot of sense but either way the point is that we're all talking about it let me know what you guys think hit me up at snug wrestling thank you for listening and we'll talk soon